Well, I guess it's more of a konbanwa because of the time here. Uh, just got back from Japan and uh, had a blast. Uh, you can see from my social media. Um, it's the thing about me, I'll get a little too drunk and start talking shit and posting it and doing uh, uh, inappropriate stuff on the IG story. So I don't really have anybody to report to. So if it's inappropriate um like i guess if i was married or i was in a relationship i'd have to worry but i don't give a fuck so i just post any kind of craziness so good uh my freedom of speech issue anyway um was in japan i stayed mostly in the tokyo area um prior to that i was in maui so travel bug life of course um, back in Hawaii now, I'll be here for a bit, uh, probably a long while, till Christmas or so, I'm not sure. South America or Southeast Asia, I'd like to spend the new year, um, in another country. I try to do that as much as I can. Not sure where I want to go, I'll have about a two-week gap of no responsibilities. So, if you know anywhere cool, uh, I'm down to go. I just get on a plane and fucking jet. Um, looking through some of the numbers and analytics on my side, uh, North Carolina and Australia popped up here on my radar. Uh, not sure why North Carolina popped up. Shouldn't you be uh, shamming the streets right now? Too soon? Sorry. Um That was my fourth time in Japan. I recommend going. Everybody should go. Um, I think I talked about it two episodes, two episodes ago, I dealt with a question about going to Japan. If you're single and like to mingle, uh, Rapongi is the spot for you. Rapongi is like notorious for their nightlife. Uh, so much so that really shit doesn't get popping there. Shit doesn't get popping. What am I, 25 years old? 30 fucking four shit doesn't get popping. But yeah, it doesn't get popping until you know 2 a.m. 1 30 so Rapungi is a spot for you if you want to go there i spent about a week in Rapungi uh, back in the day this time around i was um, mostly in shinjuku shibuya fusa and hamura areas that's uh, some of the spots i was in i went to the aoi japanese sword shop i wanted to buy a sword i don't really know what to buy when i travel i'm kind of a minimalist i don't own a bunch of shit. I have a lot of books, um, but I don't really have a lot of shit. But I really wanted a sword, but they wouldn't sell it to me. Um, I offered cash right there on the spot. I offered above what they wanted. I really pressed the issue. Um, I held everybody up until way past their closing time. Um, 
had a translator there trying to talk to the owner of the shop but they wouldn't do it so he was saying like because this is like a world famous sword shop they don't have any replicas everything's like authentic and he's like a black belt at uh swords swordsmanship i guess that's the term and he just he said you don't want to be rash or rush when you buy a sword you really need to know the intricacies the history um how it was made why it was made who it was made for how was it passed down and he was really really pressing the issue that i go online he gave me his website and look how you maintain it you clean it twice a year um what kind of sword stand do you want what colors will match the cover um, what kind of cover do you want? It was very, very complicated. And I just was like, listen, I'll give you $2,000 fucking dollars. Just give me this goddamn thing. And they wouldn't do it. Um, there's an export permit I had to get. I got to wait like a month for. So uh, we've exchanged information. I'll probably just uh, have them ship it to me. Because I really, really want like a cool ass sword. And just, you know, hang it somewhere in my room. Or in the living room, doesn't matter, I just really wanted one. That was the only thing. I bought a bunch of sake, I'm gonna give away sake to whoever wants. I got a bunch of like, candy, and um, if you want it, just come get it. Anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, I wish I left with a sword, but they didn't let me, so that's that. Uh, when I was flying back, just about everyone was asleep on the plane. Uh, and flying on a military plane is with a few people is like the best because everyone can be lying down and they could be sleeping and there's still a ton of room on the plane. You can move around, you can walk around, you can stretch, you can do some yoga or whatever you want to do. Um, but it, it, was, it was like my brain started racing about culture and the differences between the Japanese culture and American culture. Um, Japanese people can be some of the best people on the planet. Their culture gives them much more empathy, generally speaking. Um, I can give some examples. You don't really find litter. Uh, you don't really, like, you be in a major city and you don't really find a whole lot of litter around. Also, you don't find a lot of, like, trash cans. So, I think it's safe to assume that everybody just holds their trash until they get home or they find the trash can. Um, they let people merge. That's a huge thing you don't really see in America. Everybody's like, fuck you, and road rage. They're fucking in, fucking asshole. Right? Everybody does that. Um, but in Japan, they're very, like, kind to each other. Um, strange. So, I wanted to know, like, the differences. I wanted to do, like, a compare and uh, contrast in my head, at least. But they're not the ultimate uh, utopia type of people. Um, they can be racist. Japan can be very racist. And nobody says anything about it. That's a crazy thing. If you just kind of a little bit of like gray area racist in America. Like you kick out uh, the black people in Chicago. With the Starbucks issue in Chicago. You, you kick those two people out. And the argument is they weren't buying anything. They weren't really like customers. So they would kick them out if they were white anyway. No, they kicked them out because they were black. Like there's this big 
uh, racial debate going on, even if you're just kind of perceived as racist, and everybody loses their shit. People lose their jobs. Uh, politicians absolutely get crushed, destroyed. Um, but in Japan, they can be blatantly racist, and nobody bats an eye. So that that's it's very interesting how people will get up in arms in one country about a certain issue, but in Japan or maybe even other countries, I don't know if um, China. I haven't been to China. I don't know if China's like this. Korea, there was a. a I was in Korea like many years ago, over a decade ago. So, um, we went to a Jimji Bong in Korea, and we paid a guy to like hang out with us all night to translate like with women. And it's 2005. I was like, I don't know, 20, 21, 23. So I just lost my mind in Korea, just dropping money. And uh, we were allowed to go into places where uh, Koreans only were allowed to go. Um, so much so that we ended up in Hongdae. And uh, it was like a college town in Korea. And we were the only Americans in uh, Hongdae with the translator letting us in. And we just paying off bouncers and just paying people off so we can get in. Um, anyway, this guy's Korea. Yeah, so Japan is uh, very interesting. Also, there's like a weird passive aggression in Japan uh, on public transportation. Their public transportation system, the trains, is very, very good. Like, uh, tourists, it's impossible for you to get lost. Um, you can just jump on a train, end up in another city, and get off the train, and go drink a beer, and jump back on the train, and go somewhere else, go get a ramen. So really really good and it and i didn't want to play this song we'll get into the song now uh until much later in the episode but uh, when i was flying on that plane and i started thinking about culture this song came on it was on uh, shuffle on my ipod and when this song came on the ideas really started popping in my head and i wanted to i wanted to talk about culture um, and this song to me captures American culture beautifully. So this song is A Merry Maka by Thievery Corporation. I played Thievery Corporation, I don't know, three episodes ago, four episodes, when I did the podcast in Arizona. Um, that's the one I did. I played the Thievery Corporation song. So this is the first band that's on the show twice. Um, so you know I, how much I dig them. Enjoy. Thank you. 
That's the reggae man. Straight fire. Pop, pop. <laughs> oh, this is so funny, dude. Anyway, uh, that song is one of my faves right there. Uh, I want to hit a couple of lines <laughs> in that song. Um, sorry, I just I had to with the reggae and the accent and, and a bunch of wine. So, um, they said. Miss Liberty turned in a Jezebel. Uh, you know, so the Liberty statue turned into a Jezebel, which is like an attention-seeking whore. Um, so it's morphed into something that is not supposed to be. Then it goes on to say, All the dreams you go sell turn into hell. So he's referencing the American dream. Uh, all the dreams you sell turns into actually to be hell. Um, her bed of roses are filled with thorns. The bed, so, looks nice until you lie down and, you know, everything hurts. Like, oh, it's amazing. I'm going to lie in this thing and it's just disastrous. Her righteous robes are tattered and torn. Um, so she's, you know, she's been through a lot. And that first stanza just hits home, I think. It, um... Then he goes on to say, I'm skipping a bunch here, but the land of the free built on slavery, we all know that, our consciousness in captivity, that we all don't know. Um, that's part of, you know, being woke as fuck is what, you know, the people, the, the people fresh would say, man, you're woke, bro, you're woke, you're so woke. Um, jumping a stanza here. Now we're laying in the mud. Looking up above, tear water just a drop from the sky. They try to keep us in the mud, separating us from love. But Minago let them conquer the eye. And uh, that, that, that's just, you couldn't write a better line right there. So, uh, to me, this song really captures the American culture and certain paradigms that exist within it. And there's a bunch of takeaways in this song. Hopefully you find something in it as well. Um, it's just, you know, 10 out of 10 songs. So for me, anyway. I don't know. Hopefully you liked it. So um, now that that song is played, back to me on the plane listening to that song, I started wondering, like, 
who is causing the divisiveness in our country? Um, is it natural? Like, uh, uh, are we supposed to go through this? Is this just something that occurs because we're kind of a younger country? Um, is it being driven by media that seems to be one of the proponents in this? Um, uh, what seems to be racial uh, and um, liberal and conservative divisiveness. Is it hysteria to some degree? Is it um, just overblown? Uh, um, is it freedom of speech overload? Is it just everybody has a say and they want to say what they want to say? Um, is it some sort of like mob mentality? Uh, is it like a group think? Is it uh, uh, is it group identities? Is it um, like political correctness on steroids? Um, are colleges driving this motherfucker? Uh, is it some kind of failure from American parents who maybe work too hard and may not have the energy and wherewithal to give their children the time necessary to develop them and uh, send them out into society um this thing seems to be purely an american situation we look absolutely insane from the eyes of people in other countries um one example i'd like to think of in japan they don't have like janitors cleaning uh the classrooms the japan children clean the classroom so discipline is instilled into them at a young age. Uh, maybe that's why there's no litter anywhere. The Japanese seem to have engineered their society via their culture, right? That seems normal. Uh, so I started thinking on the plane, can culture be engineered, right? If, if that's what's really what's happening. If societies are being engineered via culture, can they be re-engineered? Um, and, and, and me personally, if you're asking me, I think it can be. Uh, and it comes from the Thievery Corporation line uh, song. The last line I just stated earlier. Uh, they try to keep us in the mud, separating us from love, but we naga let them conquer the eye, right? We can't let them conquer you uh, and I and anyone else and our friends, right? We re-engineer this motherfucker by fixing ourselves and then propagating that change out to friends, families, communities, states, and just outward from there. So you just, you know, you, you, you fix yourself and, and, and there's, there, there, you can measure uh, the impact you'll have on others and that impact will go out. So you fixing yourself um, matters, right? So you, you're either in one of two ships. You're in ship A or ship B. In ship A, things matter. Um, or ship B, things don't matter. That's one of the foundation arguments. There's others, right? Um, religion is a foundation argument. Um, freedom of uh, freedom of speech is a foundation argument, and uh, free will is a foundation argument. There's a bunch, 
that you know you narrow it all down there's there's like a bot a surface level um a bottom level should i say argument that a human population is another one oh, there's a bunch um i think of george george carlin's quote uh what did he say when you're born you get a ticket to the freak show right um but when you're born in america you get a front row seat so if i can be a small part of change if i can help you know the next generation of people to uh unfuck themselves and then they further the unfucking uh onto others um you know that's then then i've um you know then i've done my part that's the way i feel um a part of me feels guilty i can just do whatever i want i can just uh, <laughs> you know there's i can just fucking get on a plane and go somewhere so a part of me feels bad that i don't really have responsibilities so um i, f I feel like if i can help five people ten people one person three people whatever uh, and they further and help others as well um i feel like i win so i feel like i can i feel like my the other side of me is justified by you know drinking too much and partying in another country and just traveling and you know being hedonistic in a sense um so i can you know uh have my cake and ice cream and protein shake all at once anyway 25 minutes in it's the longest introduction ever questions time here we go this one's from anonymous these are some of the questions i didn't get to from the last episode sometimes i bring all these like there's a fuck ton of questions my email is just ridiculous now um so I, I brought these questions over from episode 8, but um, he, this is just, these are like over a week old, let's say, here in my uh, computer. So this one's from Anonymous, kind of long. I know that a lot of wives or spouses who have experienced being married into the military would probably say, oh... You didn't go through what he went through. Or maybe you should join if you love it so much and blah, blah, blah. But even though I do kind of miss the military life, I guess what I'm saying is I miss being able to go on my own. Me and my husband are young. He's 21. I'm 19. We, get, we got married a year ago. And he just got out of the military early. Uh, so he signed for four years and got out early probably. You can sign for four years or six years, generally speaking, but so if he's 21 and he got out early, he probably got medical boarded, I'm guessing. Um, all right, moving on. When I married him and moved in with him, I had just turned 18 and just got out of high school and he had been in for almost a year. Okay, because he's two years older than you. I'm tracking. So it was our first time really being on our own. We had a house on base and our things, and it was just great. Um, okay, that's the crazy thing about being in the military. Uh, you could be 20 years old, get married, and they give you a fucking house. Like, 
big ass house with fucking garage and fucking all this shit. So it's crazy. Um, and I was living in a condo like a fucking slumlord uh, for over a decade with community laundry and all this shit. So um, you could make an argument that they're goddamn spoiled. Anyway, um, we had a house on base and our thing. It was just great. I loved it, blah, blah, blah. But things started happening, and just a couple of months ago, he started processing out. Fast forward to now, we moved back to his hometown. We are currently living with his parents. We are in debt, and he has his job, and he just started, and I'm, I'm not working, but currently looking, which is hard because I've never worked, so I have no experience. I get so depressed from how we downgraded from... <laughs> Oh, this fucking wife is depressed that her husband got out of the military. I have so many jokes right now that I'm gonna, and that I'm keeping to myself because most of them are going to be really bad if I say it. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. Okay. Oh man, this is a fucking rough question that I just want to like attack. Okay, blah, blah, blah. This is a long-ass one, too. Uh, we're living with the parents. We're cramped in a tiny space. I know I have to wait for things to get better, but I wasn't prepared. For <laughs> I wasn't prepared to leave the military with my husband and downgrade our lives. At 19 years old, at fucking 19 years old, she's complaining about not having everything perfect. Military life was a new thing to get used to and can be hard at times and I actually loved it. But this I was not ready for. Man, I'm really holding back my laughter. It sucks so bad. I want to cry every time I go on social media and see my military friends I made and seeing them with your husbands going out and having a good time. <laughs> oh, you fucking crazy girl. While here, I have no friends to hang out with, so I'm in the house literally 24-7. Oh, man, I'm crying. I'm laughing so hard, dude. I'm trying not to hold my laugh. I'm really hoping I can get a job soon. How much are you applying? Are you just, like, one? Apply? Like, go on Craigslist and apply to every fucking thing, right? Getting a job is just a numbers game. You have to get to X amount of uh, emails sent to get X amount of interviews. And X amount of interviews will lead to uh, Y amount of uh, job uh, recommendations, let's say. Like, hey, come to our job or uh, job offerings, not recommendations, job offerings. So just play the fucking numbers game, you crazy bitch. Sorry, anonymous anyway, so crazy bitch. And uh, who the fuck you do? You're 19. Like, what in the fuck is your problem? Um, Apply to everything. You're 19. You don't have a lot of experience. You had a big old house. You got spoiled. Your husband got out of the military for whatever reason. Uh, just fucking move on. Like, everything's gonna be fine. You don't say what state you're living in, I'm guessing. That is probably not a very expensive state. Um, so, just both of you work. Get a little apartment together. Start small. Buy a place. Uh, fix it up. 
sell it and take the equity and buy a bigger place and keep moving up and up and up and up and up. And then you'll be 30 something and you'll be happy and you fucking look back on your years and be like, ah, so. Oh, young fucking military wife uh, complaining. Um, yeah, crazy. Crazy lady, you cross a crazy lady. <clears throat> Number two. From Bright Lights 107. Hi. So long story short, that's how I post my Instagram pictures. Long story short, and then I post a fucking super long. Uh, sometimes people will go up and say, Oh, just real quick, and then they take like 20 minutes and hold up everybody. Um, so... You know when someone says, hey, just real quick, or long story short, it's going to be really long. Alright, so this person. I have been in a relationship with a military man for two years now, another military wife. I don't, I don't, uh, people think that I vet these questions. I just kind of view them a little bit, and then I bring them over. I don't really, like, look through it, and then assess the answer and then type something out. I'm kind of freestyling here. I think that's the best way to do this. One, um, it's good practice for me too. And I don't know what the fuck's going to come out of my mouth. <laughs> it's just, whatever comes flying out of my face is a surprise to me as well. So, all right. Military man for two years now. Everything was great until he went to Afghanistan missing an H in Afghanistan, for four months. Since he came back, approximately eight, eight months ago, I find he is extremely emotionally unavailable. That's common. He never asks how my day was. Oh, man. How I am, how my new job is going. I find it depressing how he does not take an interest in my life anymore. I do know he still loves me and wants to be with me. Because he states how he would like to have kids with me in the future. How he never opens up to anyone like he does with me. How he finds it peaceful just being with me. Like I have a calming effect on him. He has also opened up to me about events that happened while he was in Afghanistan. The sex is great. But I am starting to find his physical touch is empty. Like holding hands is just holding hands. There is no affection behind it. I do not feel loved in the relationship. And many times I think about ending the relationship. Okay. Man, I wish I knew their ages here. I love him. Or I love the person he used to be. And I want to help him. I wish I knew where they were as well. He has been seeing a therapist since he returned. However, nothing has changed or progressed. I fear he will never go back to the person he was and I cannot stay with him if it will be like this forever. I really need their ages. Does anyone have experience with this? I would appreciate any advice. I'm pretty sure I know what I need to do, and that is to end this. I just need to hear it from someone else. 
I need a reassurance from someone else that I'm doing the right thing. Okay. Bright Lights 107. Let me caveat my response by saying I've spent over three years of my life in the Middle East. I've done multiple Iraq tours. I've been all over the Persian Gulf. Um, I've been mortared. I've been uh, blah, blah, blah. The whole nine. Um... Also, I'm Air Force, so I'm I'm not really uh, been in the worst situations ever. But your husband is gone for four months. Um, I'm gonna assume that they're Air Force as well. Um, Marines usually go from six to nine. Certain Air Force specialty jobs will go for four months. So I'm gonna assume four months. Army can go for like nine months, twelve months. They've can ex- when we were in Northwest Iraq, they got extended from their twelve months to eighteen months. So, uh, hopefully, I have the credibility to answer this question. I was in a relationship while I was deployed. I was married while I was deployed. So I want you to know that I'm not speaking. Um, um, like out of ignorance here, I have I have friends who have deployed, close friends, um, who have struggled with transitions. I've always argued that the transition back home is something that not a lot of people talk about. Um, not enough funding is there. Nobody really knows how to solve that problem. Um, and and it's a, it's a very big problem. It's one of the reasons why veterans kill themselves. It's one of the reasons why veterans have depression. It's one of the reasons why vets, we, we have to be tough. Um, we, we have this, um, we have this expectation to be tough. We have this expectation to not seek medical help. We have this expectation to not see therapists we have this expectation expectation to be like uh, the soldiers of the military of the american forces american people like there's a there's a thing there and if you seek help you kind of show weakness and and i wish that that uh modality wasn't like that but unfortunately that's the case right um more more veterans have killed themselves uh uh, I think the number's going up. 22 was the last number. I think that's going up. More veterans are homeless. They they will not seek help. So veterans, combat veterans, are a unique breed. And I, and I always say, whenever you deploy and you come back home, a part of you dies. For better or worse, a part of you dies. There is no getting around that. Um... And if you deployed a lot, a lot of parts of you died. Um, and I recognize that in me. I recognize that in um, a lot of my battle buddies. So, and they'll admit it too. Some of them might not talk publicly about it like I would. Um, but it's real and... And, and and there's a there's a big big discussion to be had here that 
nobody really wants to talk about. Um, people want veterans to just strap up their uh, boot laces and move on. And it's easier said than done. Okay, that's my caveat. Now for your question. Um, you are going to have to make a choice. You are going to have to decide if you're going to stay with your husband or not. Um, you have to... You, you might have emotional attachment to him and feel like you should always be there for him. But you also have to make sure you're not enabling him. And what I mean by that is you have to make sure he's not using you as a crutch. Um, if, if he feels as though you will take care of him and he can relax and be comfortable and not do anything and be emotionally detached and not uh, and be in the dark place and not fight his way out, you should leave. You should definitely leave because um, the, that your husband that went to Afghanistan without the H uh, will have to, there is no other option that I can tell. Some people see therapists and some people like figure it out and something, but self leadership is the only way to get yourself out of that hole. I can't see another way out of that. Like that, you what you're saying is the emotionally an unavailable hole. And I've been there, right? Um, talking to a close friend of mine, and uh, uh, you know, she was she was saying like, "What what do you think the deployments have got have done to you?" And I would say my empathy for others is on average lower. Uh, than most so and probably most veterans um, have their uh, emotional um, emotional kind of caring let's say uh, much less than normal people in however you define normal people, but the average, whatever the average is, I would say veterans look at shit like, ah, that's fucking stupid. Ah, it's fucking dumb. Nobody cares about that. Like, they're very quick to, ah, it's fucking stupid. So, um, for better or for worse. So, Bright Lights 107, this long answer, it's a complicated answer. It's an, it's an answer that's near and dear to my heart. Um, you're going to have to make a decision. You're going to have to leave. Um, and he's going to have to unfuck himself. Or you're going to stay and help him, which may end up hurting him. So, there's your goddamn reassurance. Oh, that was a long one. Okay, we got some short questions here, thank goodness. I'm turning 21 today. This is from Kidney Bean. I'm turning 21 today. What advice do you have for me? Um, kidney bean, 21. When I was 21, 
I got way too drunk in Okinawa, Japan. Way too drunk. I had to be carried home by a Samoan friend. Uh, I woke up the next morning and there was mud everywhere. And I thought I was dying. I just wanted water and curry. <laughs> curry in Japan is really good. So you're turning 21. What advice do you... I, make all of your mistakes in your early 20s. Make all of your mistakes in your late teens and early 20s. Unless you already have a family and kids and all that shit. But uh, get all that shit out of your system. Um, your late 20s, your mid to late 20s should be focused on getting shit done. And then your early 30s should be really focusing on getting shit done. Um, and then I don't know after that because um, I start my mid 30s next year. But I know I've made terrible mistakes in my late teens. I made terrible mistakes in my early 20s. And I'm glad I made all of those mistakes because it's, it's very valuable to learn those lessons. To um, follow your curiosity and do, what it, do the things that interest you. And if you crash and burn, you're young enough to pick yourself back up and fix those things. So... Make the mistakes, learn all the lessons, because you don't want to be in your 30s uh, learning those lessons. You're going to have too much responsibilities uh, to be making really bad mistakes. From Don Murray, Don Murray, is Japan really crime-free? No, it's not crime-free. We were in Shinjuku, and we got offered a bunch of cocaine and... Uh, marijuana and like pretty much any drug you can think of um, so not really crime free people are doing drugs people are partying people are getting arrested people are being drunk so uh, people are beeping their horns as you just heard uh, yeah Japan's not really crime free Japan has low crime you'll see a bunch of bicycles and mopeds just not locked up and people just leave their shit everywhere so people can steal it and shit doesn't seem to get s stolen. So I would say the crime rate is much lower comparatively. From Miracle. Okay, another long one. I just wanted to write about my situation and hope to get any advice. Advice with an S. We broke up with my ex. We broke up with my ex. Who is the, what the fuck does that mean? We broke up with my ex? Nearly two monthies ago. Monthies. Months with an E. The main reason my neediness and insecurities. Oh my god. A month after breakup. <laughs> a month after breakup. I sent her, I with a small I. I sent her a good text message and she replied positively. And we ended the conversation by saying, talk to you later. All right, this is a dude. I got that from Miracle. All right, pseudonym Miracle, dude, can't spell, gotta be young, has to be young. A month after breakup, I sent her a good text message and blah, blah, blah. However, two to three days later, I screwed up everything after seeing a picture that made me think that she is with someone else. Ah, jealous young male that cannot 
spell and capitalized his eyes. I panicked. Ooh, large eye this time. I panicked and wrote, wrote her about it with anger. And of course, after a stupid conversation, she lost her attraction to me. Of course, no girl likes a jealous dude. After a week, I sent a voice message where generally I talked about starting to talk again. Not getting back again, but rather just talking. So you want to be her friend. Beside that, I was trying to look or sound positive and happy in voice message. But unfortunately, she didn't give any response to my voice message and it has been five days. I really don't know what to do, what to say, and when to say. Can you please help me? No! How about you go fuck yourself, Miracle? Jesus Christ, get over it. She doesn't want to be with you. Move on. Who cares? There's like a million girls, probably, depending on where you live. She's just a girl, and you fucked up, dude. You fucked up with your stupid insecurities and neediness, and you not knowing how to capitalize the I. She probably, you probably text like a jerk off. Um, you need to fix yourself, man. You're like, this is like, what in the fuck is happening? There's another beeping of the horn. Good timing with the pause break. After a week, I sent a voice message. You sent her a voice message and you start... Oh my god. Miracle, listen to me. Get your life together. Uh, figure out what you want to do. Find another girl. Uh, move on. She doesn't want to be with you. Don't... Uh, don't chase her if she doesn't want to be chased. She's going to be a creeper. Um, yeah. This one. Long ass question. Short ass answer. From Winona. That's a good name. Winona. Like Winona Ryder. I had a major crush on Winona Ryder. She's the uh, Beetlejuice girl, right? I wonder what she looks like now. Um... Kind of dig that, like, gothic, like, intellectual, read a book and leave me alone type of girl. Anyway, 43-year-old, <laughs> Winona, 10-year relationship, and we want to travel. Okay, so Winona and her husband want to travel, it seems. When we took our first trip together to Italy, my mother and sister flipped out. They talked about me not asking them to go to the entire family. And they were mad and pouted. They both even cornered us and asked, Why aren't we invited? And why can't we go with y'all? Y'all? You from Texas? You from Texas? Why can't we go with y'all? Making us both feel very uncomfortable. Alright. So just so I'm tracking. You're 43 years old. You've been in a 10-year relationship. You want to travel with your husband. And your mom and your sister are being pricks about it. Okay. Your mom's got to be 60-something. And you don't say older or younger sister here. Okay. And you guys are very uncomfortable about them. Uh, giving you shit about traveling without them. Alright, I'm tracking. I love to travel, and so does my fiancé. And we want to spend our time together, 
why doesn't why doesn't that make sense to them? Because they're jealous. They're super jealous that you and your fiance, I was saying husband earlier, are traveling, going to Italy 10 years, 10 years, and he didn't ask to marry you. Are you guys against being married? Like, fuck it, man. Ten, like, you're 43. You guys have been together for 10 years. Like, what? Just fucking buy a 25 cent ring and get married. At least for tax purposes. Um. I love to travel, blah, blah, blah. Or is that selfish? That's not selfish. You get to live your own life. We have not taken any more trips in the past few years because of this. Shut the front door. You guys have not traveled uh, in the past few years because you were scared that they are going to get mad. Like, that is ridiculous. You should just travel. Do your parents, do you, does your mom and your sister own you? Um, you guys are both in your 40s probably. I don't know if he's much older than you. But just go fucking travel. We have decided to travel to Europe this year. And it, and it has already started again. I mentioned it and my mother just came out and just said, all caps, said she wanted to go and to let her go. What? I offered to find her and my sister a trip and help them plan one. Well, that's nice of you. But that we are going by ourselves and now she is saying that they want to go with us. They don't want to take a trip or go without us. Oh my gosh. So, your mom and your sister want to travel with you guys. They don't want to travel, period. This is what I'd recommend. I would recommend you and your fiancé that's scared to marry you go on trips on your own and once in a while, maybe once every couple of years, take your jealous mom and sister out uh, to travel with you guys as well. So everyone's happy. Um, that seems like an easy fix. But if you don't want to take them, I would just say... Just, Go fuck yourselves. That's what I would say. I would say go fuck yourselves. You're traveling. If you want to travel, you goddamn travel. You're an adult. You go to Italy. You go to wherever the fuck you want. Um, and take my sister. Like, how old is your sister? So, that, I should have vetted that question. That question is ridiculous. One more. From, even though there's like 10 more here. From Hopeless94. I flunked out of college and lost my financial aid twice. Oh man, you're probably in debt. So now I can't go to college because I can't afford it. I do have a full-time job, but still can't afford to pay it. Uh, where do you work, man? I need, to, I need more information. I don't have the money. Neither does my family to pay out of pocket. Joining the military to pay for college is a good idea, parentheses, keyword idea, but I'm too fat to join. I'm 5 foot 1 and I weigh 216 pounds. You're 5 foot 1 and you weigh 216 pounds. Like, how is that? What in the... Holy shit. Wow. How is that possible? 5 foot 1 and you were like, god damn, dude. 
And to join, I have to weigh 130 pounds. So you have to lose 170-something pounds, 174 pounds. I can't stay on a diet or excise plan. <laughs> excise. It's exercise. You missed a bunch of letters there. To save my life. I'm 21 years old. 21 years old. 5 foot 1. 216. Something is very wrong here. I'm 21 years old and I keep getting jobs that use me, treat me like crap, or have no place for advancement. Every time I try to accomplish something, things just fall apart. Every time I think I have my life together or feel like I have a grip on reality, things go downhill. I feel like I shouldn't even try anymore because nothing good happens anyway. All right. Um, I'm about halfway through this question, but I'm going to stop here. Hopeless 94. You're 21 years old and you're severely overweight. Um, I'm not fat shaming you. I am 5'8 and I used to weigh 230. I was a really fat boy. Um, um, so much so that I had a nickname at work. They used to call me Cheeseburger Manly. Uh, and that was my nickname for a long ass time. Until I turned the ship around. I lost, um, I don't know, well over 40 or 50 pounds. And, um, so if I can turn it around, you can turn it around. Uh, I, uh, let's just leave it at that and I'll work through your question. <clears throat> I have a grip on reality. Things go downhill. I feel like I shouldn't even try anymore. Okay, got it. Because nothing good happens anyway. I feel overwhelmed, stressed, nervous, hopeless, lost, and sometimes it feels like I can't breathe. Like I'm having a panic attack or I'm hyperventilating. I messed up my life so much. I just feel like walking in front of a moving bus. <laughs> Hopefully the bus is going slow and you just move and then you slam on the brakes and you'll be fine. I feel like God hates me. He hates you. God hates you. Uh, God hates me. God hates everyone. So just move on from there. I'm 21 years old and already behind in life. Define behind. What does that mean, behind? You're behind in life? What do you mean? I don't know what that means. You're behind in life compared to what? Compared to this imaginary expectation you have in your head? Uh, compared to a friend who uh, may have their shit together but fucking have their life fall apart at 25? I'm going to tell you something. We had a guy, and I could tell his name, but he was like A-plus student. He was the number one. He was the valedictorian. He was straight A's. Everybody said he was going to be a doctor. Um, he was like the complete... Um, he was like the man when it came to, when it came to academics in high school, yeah. and he's just average now, right? I see him on Facebook. I see you, boo boo. Uh, I see him on Facebook. He's he's just as lost as everyone else. So, behind, I don't know what that means. You're behind in life. What? What do you mean behind in life? What? How? Um, you're behind physically, maybe there. Like, you need to really unfuck that thing. Five foot one, you should be like 130, 140. 
Um, five foot one is very short. Uh, and two, what are you? Two sixteen is very big for five foot one. So that's the main focus there. All right. I have no hope or faith and I feel like the life has been sucked out of me. At times it feels like it's hard to breathe or wake up in the morning. How can I fix my life? Okay, so let's look at your job part first. People don't respect you because they view you, they perceive you as not respecting yourself. So let me ask you this question. Why would someone respect you if you don't respect yourself? That's question number one. That's the most important question in your 25 sentence fucking question here. Why would people respect you if you don't respect yourself? And you might say, I respect myself. I totally respect myself. I'm not saying that. Maybe you do. I'm saying that people perceive that you don't respect yourself. Now, Manly, what do you mean by that? What I mean is that people look at you and they judge you and they see a five foot one, 216 pounds, severely overweight dude. Okay? They, when they see you, they already envision you eating cheeseburgers at night, you not working out, you not taking your life seriously, you not taking nutrition seriously. So I ask again, why should people respect you if they perceive you don't respect yourself? And if you have an answer for that, I would like to hear it. Because you need to respect yourself or you need to show the image that so that people can perceive that you respect yourself and then they can respect you. That's the only way to get respect from others. They need to perceive that you respect yourself, that you're a respectable person. Okay, that's number one. Number two is education. Once you start unfucking your physical situation, start getting your education on. You can't afford a college. So me personally, I would say, and I'm biased, of course, lose 90 pounds. Easier said than done, I know. Lose the 90 pounds and then join the military. That's going to give you discipline that you never thought you had. Lose the 90 pounds and join the military. That's going to be your way out or in. That's going to be your way in to a social setting that will respect you. Um, yeah, so that's all I have for that. Should I do one more? That was a long one. It's 11 o'clock now. One more? How long is this next question? Fuck it. We'll do one more. I'm game. From Why Does She Do It? My girlfriend of around four years has very suddenly in the last few weeks decided she is bored with our relationship. That's normal. People get bored with relationships. People get bored with... 
PlayStation 3, they want a PlayStation 4. People get bored with a fucking Xbox. They upgrade to Xbox whatever, 2? Xbox 2, is that a thing? No, Xbox 360. That's the newest one, right? Uh, people get bored with shit. It's not just relationship. People get fucking bored. Uh, they're not gonna want to eat macaroni and cheese every day. I might want to eat. That's super good. The guy, the question, <laughs> hopeless ninety four shouldn't be eating macaroni and cheese, but I definitely would eat some fucking one of my favorite things. My mom used to make back in the Dizzy. Um Like if I did something good or whatever, and she'd be like, "Manly, what do you want to eat for dinner?" Uh, and I and my favorite thing was macaroni and cheese. And you put a bunch of tuna in it. And you put broccoli in it. And you put a bunch of fucking Tabasco. And that was just my favorite thing. Uh, I don't even know how to make macaroni and cheese. But if I did, it would be over. I would never leave the house. If I could make me some macaroni and cheese. And uh, like add some tuna and broccoli and like Tabasco. If I could make that, it'd be, I'd fucking never leave the house. Why would I have to leave the house? I just eat all day. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I lost my train of thought. She admits to herself it was like she woke up one morning and she just lost interest. I've been nothing but good to her, and I'm currently saving for our first house while she is at college. Wow, she means the world to me. Unfortunately, though, but this, this kid writes good. She says she needs her space, and no matter how much I tell her that I love her, I feel like I'm pushing her away while she decides what to do. It's pretty heartbreaking for me, and I can only hope she decides she misses me. To make matters worse, she has been acting strangely. She has previously flirted with guys online, and it's all been forgiven and in the past. She is showing signs of being flirty again with online people. I hate to do it, but I checked her email which she keeps hidden from me, and noticed is she has been talking with one of my friends that I play online games with. It's very clear that they like each other. She thinks that love should be like in love films, and I think she is just chasing the brand new relationship feeling. You're probably right. The brand new relationship feeling is one of the best feelings to have. The first three months, just pure fucking bliss, right? I agree with you. I'm very angry, and my friend and her... What? I'm very angry. Okay, I take back your writing skills. This is, oh, You fucking went crazy here. But I can't confront her. Not when she is making up her mind. And if I confronted my friend, he would tell her as well. Oh, okay. Uh, you're jealous here. Of course, you're naturally jealous. I want her back. But this is the third time she has been flirting online with guys. And it really does hurt me. Then why stay? Why stay? You guys are there for, you guys been boyfriend and girlfriend for four years. That's not super long. Fucking leave if you're not happy. It's not fucking calculus. Um, she wants new dick. That's what it seems like to me. Yeah, let her go. If you love her, let her fucking fly. I don't know, let's see what the big deal is here. I want her back, but this is the third time she's been flirting online. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not sure what I should do and I don't have any friends that I can talk to about this and I won't speak about these things with family. What should I do? You should leave. You should totally leave. If she's being... Okay, you have one of two options. 
you can stay with her and she's going to be like this. And it doesn't seem like she's going to change because, look, you're on strike five already, right? One, two, three, four, five. Five times you were upset about it and it's in the past and you've forgiven her. Uh, you're going to be a beta cuck here uh, or you're going to leave. You have to make the decision. Only you can make that decision. Only you can stop forest fires and only you can make this goddamn decision. So I would say leave. If I was you in that situation, I would have left like strike two, right? Strike one, maybe like, okay, whatever. Four years is kind of long. Strike two, strike three, deuces. You guys don't have kids. You don't say you have kids. So just fucking bounce. Um, that's what I would do. So, all right. Eight questions. Not too bad. Um, hour and eight in. Eleven at night. I gotta wake up at five. Uh, because my life is crazy and I got to finish this wine. So good night. Um, glad to be home. Glad to be back on the podcast track. Um, I didn't update you with my life. I have a fuck ton of shit going on. I'll update you next week or I've, uh, I've been doing every two weeks, but I, I think I have a better idea where I want to take this show and, uh, Hopefully the audio is better and uh, all right. Good night. Talk to you soon. Kisses. Mwah. Doors and find out where they go. Cause it's a long 